Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 34. Whore. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. It's episode 34. Um, my name is Josh. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Connor. Hi. And at iFanboy.com, we like comics, we read about them, and every week we read a whole lot of them and pick the best one. And then, of course, we, the, whoever does that writes a review up on the website, and then we come to the podcast and we talk about it and any Breathe. other stuff. Exhale. He's <laughs> telling me I talk too fast. But none of you <laughs> want to listen to this for the 90th time. This is for the two two new people who downloaded it this week. There's hundreds of people going, oh, all right, get on with it. And I'm just getting on with it. The rest of you can't figure it out, and I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, this week, uh, Ron had the pick, and l- with no further ado. Thank you, Josh. Um, it was a very light week for me. I, I, I literally only bought six comic books this week, which was, which was um, good on my wallet. I got but, 14. Um, this is my third week in a row of spending 30 bucks plus. I got like 13. Oh well, what's going on with discerning. me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, it was really easy to get through my stack of, of six books, and I was really leaning towards picking um, the the final issue of X Men: The End, Book Three, Men and X Men, number number six. The whole title, please, because <laughs> um, it was actually pretty good. I mean, it was it, it actually it, it 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 ended pretty nicely, but uh, Civil War Frontline number one. Blew it out of the water, and I, you know, I know it's it's one thing to kind of roll your eyes and groan when you go with the event book, like we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. But this was a book that, if you go to ifanboy.com and read um, a rant of mine a couple of weeks ago, um, I was looking forward to this book and also kind of worried about it um, because of a previous execution of a similar idea a couple of months ago by Paul Jenkins. Paul Jenkins wrote this uh, along with a couple of different artists. Um, Basically, to sum it up again, um, and I'll be brief for you all. <laughs> back during the, the decimation. Dec- about his, his explanations. And then on <laughs> page dur- seven, panel four. <laughs> <laughs> then back on the uh, um, back in the decimation thing back in the fall, Paul Jenkins did a mini series that was um, that was kind of going over the effect of the mutants losing their powers from the point of view of this alcoholic reporter who was kind of down on her luck. And it was I, I made it as a pick of the week uh, for the first issue when it came out, and it just went straight downhill from there. The stories got very... Didn't, they didn't stay tight. The artwork got sloppy, and it was just... It was kind of... By the last issue, it was like, oh, God, this was awful. But now Jenkins is at it again, and the p- purpose of Frontline is that I believe that there are two issues coming out in between each issue of Civil War, the miniseries. Yeah, it's twice monthly. Right, and it's from the point of view of this down on the luck um, alcoholic reporter who works for the liberal newspaper in New York, and Ben Urich, who we're all familiar with from Daredevil, and them covering the Civil War from the press angle and covering the kind of the minutia and stuff like that. That's kind of stuff that's important that happens, but not important enough to make it into the Civil War miniseries. Is that brief enough of an explanation for you? Yes. I'm sorry. What? Okay. Good. <laughs> so, um, so, but what one of the first the first thing out of the gate that what makes this book great is that look at the price tag. It's two ninety nine. Right. And count the number of pages. There are thirty two pages no of ads. stories, and no ads whatsoever. You get. You get the 22-page main story, and then there's a short 
backup story um, with art by Steve Lieber, who is a iFanboy fan favorite, right? Sure. Give me a great and, um, sketch once of the girl from Whiteout. And then there's just a um a minor, then there's a four page kind of vignette towards the back, and I believe this is the format that's going to be in all ten issues of this comic with no ads except for the ad on the back and the, uh, the back cover. Um, so first off, that's pretty cool. That's that's I mean that's you know when do you see no ads in the book these days? And two ninety nine for thirty two pages, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the main gist of the story is that you know we're kind of introduced to Ben and this this alcoholic reporter whose name I just can never remember her name, and I guess that probably doesn't now, sound. And we're not going to have to do that again. Her <laughs> name is I can't find it. Sally, 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 the the drunken reporter for the liberal magazine, <laughs> yeah, liberal the alternative. Anyway, so um, she and Ben are at a wake of uh, one of their um. Uh, fellow journalists, f- fellow journalists who died in the Stanford accident, and that's where we kind of establish their connection of where they're going to talk to each other about their coverage of the story. And we get a little point of view of the Daily Bugle. We get a little point of view from the um, the alternative paper, and then um, it follows Sally as Spider Man visits her and asks her to tell his story um, about why he's never revealed his identity. And this appears to be the night before Amazing Spider Man that came out last week. So um, it appears to be like Peter's on the brink of going to unmask or whatever he's going to do in the next issue of Civil War or Amazing Spider-Man. Um, and then at the end of the story, we see Sally and Ben at a press conference in D.C. where Iron Man then unmasks himself, revealing himself to be Tony Stark to the world. And I'm sorry, Vertical, or whoever else doesn't like spoilers, but I just spoiled it. But whatever. He's unmasked himself like a billion times. That's true. Yeah, but what's funny is that he even... He even says that in his speech. I mean, I don't know if you read it or not, but he says, you know, like, I know over the years I've done this before, but like, <laughs> and then, you know, only to ha- do some elaborate ruse to hide it again, but now this is real, you know, so. Tony Stark's Iron Man again, what else is yeah, new? groan. But what's interesting is that they also played in the alcoholic angle. Yeah. Right. Because w- when he unmasked, he goes, hello, my name is Tony Stark and I'm alcoholic and it's time to come clean. It's just like, hi, Tony. It's actually a really good reason for him to do it, though. <laughs> It's an incredibly good. If you're wondering why he wants to go public, that is, right. you know, if you know how how alcoholics get treated, and boy, do I know. Um, <laughs> like, like it's a whole thing about being honest with yourself, and like that's a really interesting angle that I hadn't thought about taking him in. Yeah, which is, which, and it's kind of also, and it also has to do with why he would hide his identity and the responsibility factor of being a hero and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, if with the registration act, if he's an alcoholic, would they allow him to continue to be Iron Man? Mm-hmm. You know, is he a liability because of his alcoholism? You know, so it's it's, and uh, it was also interesting because he he brought two Iron Man decoys of older armors. And on a complete side note, it just reminded me, the old original Iron Man armor with the silver, the big bulky armor was whatever. But like that original yellow and red costume is just kick ass. And so like looking is. at looking at how he looks now, he looks like a freaking mecha mecha Iron Man, and it just looks so bad. You know, like he should go back to the old. The ones, first suit's really bulky. I love that, yeah, though. Love like, you just imagine that it's really creaky. Right, well, it goes back to what I said during the Illuminati. When, how does he, when he sits down at the, at the table to plan, like, how is it not like, ouch, ouch, ouch? You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> he just like super he's, mecha, so he's okay. He's, but e- no, but even the new one, even though it's super mecha, doesn't change the fact that it's still iron. Or something, alloy. Or something, Yeah, some but metal. I imagine that yeah. it feels more like, like, like a modern soldier's body armor or something like that. Right. We might be we might be taking it a little too seriously. Could be. But um, there's also two backup anyways, stories in this issue. Yeah, the 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 first backup story has to do with the sole remaining um, new warrior who survived the Stanford incident. And Bert. I wanted to know what what you guys thought of it. <laughs> let's not let's not give this one away because this is one that people should read about. Okay. Um, but I thought it was a really kind of smart 
it was done. It wasn't a cop out. It wasn't a comic book kind of like, oh, he survived. Like it was a they they used the person's powers to justify how they survived. And they're gonna make and a I lot thought, of fans who are all rip shit very happy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I agree. I for one thing, on just on this segment, uh, really great art. You, you mentioned Steve Lieber, but I mean, it's just, and they don't use him very much. I was starting to like, where's he been for so long? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and it didn't it didn't just say he's back, and then you send him out flying again. Oh, he, right. he flies. And there's um, consequences to his there's consequences to what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The second story, I don't know where what the point of it was. You mean the third story? Well, yeah, the second backup story. Uh, the second backup story. Well, I think th- this has actually gotten a lot of a lot of um, uh, criticism. I think because what I mean, b- basically, what it was is that Paul Jenkins found a anonymous poem written by somebody in one of the Japanese internment camps in 1943 in the on the west coast, and they drew they drew like they drew what was happening in the internment camp as the poem is being narrated, but overlaid on top of it is Spider-Man, um, I guess dealing with what you know his decision. Um, and I guess, I mean, I think the, and the point of view of this is I think Jenkins is trying to provide a historical context to the, the political aspect of the story. And right. also, I think one of the other things about this book that they said it was going to be was the, it would show you both sides and whatever. And it certainly right. does show you a unique side of this kind of thing. It's uh, the idea that you're doing your, your duty as an American to be in this, this by camp. going into a camp. Well, no, but yeah. it's, I'm not saying you. Ne- I'm not saying I agree with it, but it is another side of it. It's an, it is another way to look at it. And it's if you wanted to side. try to <laughs> stupid, <laughs> I don't agree with the internment of the Japanese. But the, the one thing was is they said this book would show you both sides of 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 the story. So what? And it didn't really because no, it didn't. Uh, you know Ben Urich is clearly not not for all this. He's just doing his job because he happens to work for J. Jonah Jameson. And the entire story right. is slanted towards, you know, the liberal viewpoint, I think. Right. Well, and I think I think that I think what's going to happen is that the fact that there are two issues, I hope the fact that there are two issues a month that like the next issue will be more Ben focused. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing though is that is that in in the discussion at the wake in the beginning, Ben does support the registration act. Mm-hmm. He does say it makes it makes sense, you know, They've but he's done a really good job of putting major characters on the fence about this. Yeah, yeah, but but I think what he's having a problem with is the way the bugle's chasing it, you know, as in terms of you know to make money off of it, as opposed to wondering why this is happening. So the question here is: Is Robbie Robertson like just defeated, or does he not care anymore? Because he has a little speech in here where he's like, "Listen, we got to sell papers." Well, but that's the reality of of modern newspaper. Sure, Sure, exactly. I I mean, he he used to be more of an optimistic sort of character, I think. I th- I don't think I don't think he's not anymore. I don't know enough about the character, you know, through the other Spider-Man books to know or not. But I mean, I think he's just be kind of being realistic and saying that this is what we're doing to sell papers, and we just got to do our jobs. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, and he, it makes a pretty good, um, a pretty good argument, you know, in terms of you know, like the they're fighting low numbers, the online thing is cutting into us day by day. You know, I mean, it's the harsh reality of of the press in, in this in this yeah. you know twenty first century. So I I, you know. I I can make my small nitpick if you don't mind. I think sure. that Marvel really needs to come up with a, a consistent style guide for Ben Urich. Yeah, and because I didn't, I, I was like, he looks a little Woody Allen in this. I know. I'm looking at him and I go, I, I think that's Ben Urich, but his face was shaped like an upside down triangle, and like, yeah, he, he just doesn't look the same in everything. And I think they need to use like whatever they're doing in Daredevil. That should be the template. Yeah, because he, he's kind of he's he's badass in Daredevil, but yeah. in this he's like nebbish. You yeah. know, like the, the the shot of him like straightening his glasses and like he's all dumpy and like everything. You know, whereas in in Daredevil he's got the overcoat and he smokes. He's, and, he's like, haggard, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. but like the yeah. thing is about him is. Is you know, 
we were talking about this. He's just some guy. Yeah. And yeah. and because of it, he doesn't have a costume, Marvel really needs to work to be consistent. If they're going to use this character, and they use him a lot, he's like. He's the go-to. I, maybe this guy. comes from. Was he the guy in Marvels, or was that somebody else? No, 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 no. that was Phil Sheldon. Okay, well, um, you know, he's but a photographer. He is sort of the note taker for. He's so, almost replaced the Watcher in the Marvel universe now. You know, like he, he's he's a, he's a, long a bold statement. Well, <laughs> they don't use the Watcher anymore. Yes, they do. He just he was in Uncanny X Men. No one reads the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> the watch, the watcher is still very prominent. Well, no, but I know what you mean. He's like the observer, and he's, he, like an he's observer. in a lot of yeah. books, and he's there, and he's yeah. sort of a. St- it's funny because if you think about it, Marvel has actually had this. In addition to the superhero stories that have been going on for decades, like the backstory of the Daily Bugle going on has always been in the back of all these stories, and what's been changing, and that's been changing as time went on, which I find very interesting because. Yeah, it's, it's not also super heroic. It's also since Peter doesn't really work there anymore, they've got to have the reason to show the Daily Bugle, and they. Mm-hmm. They just right. you know, how else to do it? But use Ben Yurick more. Yeah, and then they do, and and I like that a lot. But which is why I say like he needs to be. I need to know when I look at Ben Yurick. Hey, that's Ben Yurick. So there, um, I had I had one little nitpick, which is kind of a little more social nitpick than anything. But I, I don't. I'm kind of on the fence about it. But in the the scene where Sally and Spider Man talk was actually very funny. It was actually Jenkins really wrote it well. well he wrote Spider Man for a long time. Yeah, he wrote Spider Man for a while, and and he came up with that typeface villain that everybody hates. And I think he gets he gets more of a hard time for his work on Spider Man than he actually deserves because he writes Peter really well. But mm-hmm. um, the whole this whole Sally character is kind of his baby, and so I guess he can do what he wants with her. But like reading the last series, we found out how she lost her daughter. Her her daughter died, and and you know she's fought alcoholism, and she finally at the end of the last series she started going to AA. And now in this thing, Spider Man you know sneaks into her apartment and scares her, and then decides to talk to her. And then the next page she just says, "Oh, what the heck? Sobriety can wait another day. You want one?" And she's pouring a Jack Daniels. I know, like maybe you should. And I was just like, I was just this. I was like, I was like disappointed. I, I mean, like too. I know, like I know it's kind of realistic, and I know that my personal views might tie into it or whatever. But like I was just like, oh, why did you make her drink this quickly? Yeah, you know, like, like, like give her more. Of a reason, yeah. like, she didn't like, struggle with it at all. Exactly, there was no, there was no like, should I? Ah, just uh, tomorrow's another day. But like, at the same uh, time, I bet that that's what happens. People look yeah, for the yeah. tiniest excuse, and they, and, you know, they were like, "Hey, Spider Man's my apartment." That's yeah, good yeah. reasons, honey. And then she tries to jump his bones. Exactly, which is awesome. The awkward. <laughs> well, this was awkward. That was that was great. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so anyway, so that was frontline number one. So I mean, it was good. I mean, it it paid off for the anticipation, and so you know, we'll see. The next issue comes out not this week, it, not next week, but the week after. It I think, brought so. up a lot of questions about like like the um, Iron Man's press conferences and like when he's unmasking as opposed to what's going on in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, the, the, I think yeah. they're running into continuity timeline problems. That's that's, that's a problem. They're all well, going to have the nice covers, co- you know, with the, with I mean, the as, trade dress. They're going to get that right. <laughs> as far as I can – I mean, because you know me because I'm a continuity freak like freak about this stuff. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, that this front line happens – like Spider-Man visits her the night before – the night he decides to when, – in, in, when Aunt May gave him the suit in Amazing Spider-Man and talked with Aunt May and Mary Jane and decided to go back to D.C. and unmask. And so then the next day is in front line when Iron Man unmasks – has to be just like the morning, and then Spider-Man unmasking is going to be in the afternoon. It's a like, busy it's day. The, yeah, Tony's just like he's got a schedule, and he's got you know. Like, but it, the but, Spider-Man uh, scene here, where he goes to talk to to the woman, this yeah. would have then been happening at the same time that he was having all those conversations with, like the same night that he had the conversations with May and Mary Jane and stuff like that. Right, conceivably, yeah, either before or after it. But he Maybe seemed before like he went home, or I don't know. He just yeah. seems to be in a slightly different mental place for the two. And I know that you got two different writers and two different things going on and whatever, yeah. but. It's a little jarring because the books are coming out so close to each other. 
Right. But at the same time, if you just kind of roll with it and just take dramatic license and just assume... Which I, all fits, I think is it, the best way to go. Yeah, because then you'll go crazy like I do. Exactly. So. What year is it in D.C.? <laughs> it's. I want to know the lotto numbers in 52. That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> uh, I don't care. Someone wrote in trying to set us straight on the... I forget who it was, but somebody wrote us an email about, you know, about my problem with the D.C. timing and everything. Mm-hmm. It is... One year later is next year, and at 50, fifty-two is now. Yeah, well, it's not. It's it's also in a comic book. Right? Yeah, I know. But I know. Connor, but that, said, that's where my Connor said there's no years in DC, and it's true right. because otherwise Robin would be seventy-two. Right. I know. I know. I know. And Rogue would be thirty-nine. Exactly. And, you know all this stuff. So anyway, so um, so that was pretty much it for me for the week. I mean, Frontline was my main one, and um, like I said, I bought five other books, and nothing, nothing really. You know, Do you- that. That dramatically great. So you count when you count the other books. Did you count the the, the two like the back issues? No, I didn't. I didn't count the back issues that I purchased that we're going to talk about a bit. Okay. So, um, but did you guys pick up anything that was worth listening worth listening to worth reading? <laughs> there were a couple of big books that came out of DC this week, as there are every week now. Um, I think the first issue of of Wonder Woman came out, and I was like, all right, I'll pick it up. Heinberg wrote that. Heinberg, Heinberg wrote, Terry yes. Dodson, fa- fan favorite. Was supposed to be the big sort of coming out of Wonder Woman, and I thought, well, maybe they'll. She's gay. <laughs> She's gay too. Oh, yes. He said the coming out of Wonder Woman. No, no. I went for the easy joke. Yeah, you I'm did. Sorry. It was it was okay. Well, with the whole Batwoman thing that's been I, going I, on, I just you know. It was. I thought it was. It was good, mostly because I've read a lot of Wonder Woman reboots. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to the well, and um, <laughs> they reboot they her a lot. Well, they normally what happens is it gets rebooted and it's good for a while. Then it gets mired in the whole Greek myth, uh, you know, Hippolytia, Amazon Hippolytia. thing, and I just don't care about that. It gets really convoluted. And I tried the Greg Rucker run, and I tried the Phil Jimenez run, and I just didn't like any of them. So I keep trying. This one shows a lot of promise. It's pretty straightforward superhero stuff, and the art is really beautiful. And because uh, when, when Greg Rucker talked about that, he was nearly in tears. Couldn't I, even look at the end of his issues, and I was like, God, it must have been good. But I I, I gave him it. like. Uh, Five or six issues, and it's just it was okay. It's just I don't I don't care at all about the the myth part of her. Mm-hmm. I like her as a superhero. I don't all the stuff about the gods and all that just bores me to tears. So, and he was this really is, into he's really into that. So I just I didn't like it. But this this is felt to me like a very sort of straightforward superhero comic. Like right, that's why it was good because it's so different than what she normally is, how she's normally. Uh, written. I thought it was supposed to be like a mystery. Well, well or, or am I completely wrong? There could be spoilers coming up. All right. Well, um, the point. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to pick it up, so I have no desire to. Well, basically, we, we, the, the the idea of it at the beginning is not uh, Diana, the Wonder Woman. Ah, is, Wonder Woman is Donna like, Troy Donna is Troy. Wonder Woman. Oh, really? Yeah. And then there's a big oh. reveal, like, and everyone's like, "Where's Wonder Woman been?" Because you know, the one year later, where's the they're the three people who are missing? Because yeah. um, it's 2007. Yeah. Yes, actually, it's 1985 in the DC universe. <laughs> Back to the Future hasn't even come out right. yet. Um, <laughs> So it, it's I thought it was really it's just good solid superheroing and Alan Heinberg's pretty good. See though, yeah, I, 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 I having read no Wonder Woman or anything like it didn't hook me at all. Like I don't really want to read more about it, having no history in the character. So no, if you're wondering like, hey, maybe I'll get into this character now, it, it, you know, having no real, you know, care one way or the other about Wonder Woman. Well, if you yeah. like good superhero books, and there you go, buy it. Yeah, yeah but. And and plus, I think Wonder Woman is one of those characters who has like a a strong following, right? Although probably not as strong as the Batman's or the Superman's or the X Men of the world, but um, but probably right right behind them. So, before we get to our next book, I want to really quickly mention that because um, we have to, it's contractually obligated. But we mentioned Jonah Hex, which was 
uh, I thought it's one of the most grisly comics I'd read in a while. It was awesome, is what it was. It was just it was just grisly from top and to that's, bottom. That's all I'm gonna say. I thought the first couple of pages were a little rough, and then after that, it totally redeemed itself. Yeah, it's, it's like there's m- mass killings and. There was one page where I went back and forth over them like a bunch of times. Be like, wait, what happened? Why did everyone just get killed? Yes, I mean, so lots grisly. of blood. There was a, there was a grisly uh, sexual assault, and then there was a body swinging from a tree at the end. So, good stuff. And that's it all was, we're saying on it. Yeah. But we're at number eight now, and uh, it's not letting up. Nope, it's good. Josh, I know you wanted to talk briefly about another book that was a number um, one. Who were this other book was created uh, created by the same team who do uh, Jonah Hex actually. Which gave me, uh, but it also the Superman Returns prequel number one of four. Now at the top of this book, it says, uh, written by Brian Singer, Michael Doherty, and Dan Harris, who are the writers of the new Superman movie. Um, so I thought, oh, it will be something interesting. And then P- Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, somebody Gray, what's his Justin. name? Justin. Justin Gray uh, did the script for it, and really nice art by uh, Olivetti. Ariel Olivetti? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, good art. Really great art. And I thought, well, this will be good. I'm excited for Superman. It's going to be a run-up to it. And why don't you explain what we got? We got the first five to ten minutes of the Superman the movie. From You're kidding me. It's, no. The script. It was a comic adaptation of the beginning of the Superman motion picture. I don't Connor, know. What point did you real what point did you realize and throw it across the room? <laughs> well, I didn't because Ah <laughs> Just no, throw no, it. No, 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 not Superman Returns. Superman the movie from nineteen seventy eight. Oh, I thought it was the movie it's, movie. It's yeah, literally okay. an adaptation in exactitude. Oh of wow. the beginning of that movie. And I'm like, well what did Brian Singer do? Yeah. Nothing. Well basically I mean the, they do fill in more of the like you know how in the movie there's a whole scene with um, Jor-El talking to the council about how the planet's going to explode. Yeah. Yep. to basically get lost, and then he sends his kid away. Yep. <laughs> That's. I know. I watched it last night. But then, to this make is sure the, it's, the, it's the not the same, is it? The script. Yes. Really? The words are 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 note for note. It's the exact same thing. I watched well, it last dumb. night to be sure. Like I, I ah, that's dumb. it's really dumb. I mean, the art is the only sort of thing that comes out of this that is notable. It's a beautiful, beautifully drawn book. But there's no if you've ever seen the first Superman movie, there's no need to read this. Wow. It's yeah, it's Krypton, and then he, they send off Cal at the end, and then he lands. So I was really disappointed because I was looking forward to something good with this. I kind of like held off on this till the end of my stack. Well, because yeah, because because aren't there like a whole bunch of other one shots that are coming out that are that are supposed to be that but they're supposed to be like prequels to the movie, but n- not recapping the well, previous this, this movie. Is before, right. this, this is, well, this yeah. is a four-issue miniseries, so those are the other three. But if you right, look right. at the... It says next week's issue, it says, how is the Man of Steel's mother handled her son's five-year absence? So then next week, we're really going to hit the uh, new material. The, uh, co- right, the right, cover well. for the next Superman awesome looks awesome, by the yeah. way. So yeah, so if you want to pick it up next, starting with issue two. So the build-up to the if movie. If you've ever seen the first one, don't bother buying this. I'm, if you've ever seen the first movie, it's... it's, there's, it's I was pretty surprised. I was I was disappointed. I was like, I spent four bucks on this. Also, because Josh talked me into buying it. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. So, all right. Well, so that's I think that's about it for this week's uh, books that came out. Yeah, I, was, I mean, there's um, a lot of good books in there. Uh, they don't necessarily all merit having talked about, but uh, right. you know, Detective still going strong, really well. Um, you know, Why the Last Man, good week. Fifty-two rolls on. Good so. safe vertical. So um, 
So I did pick up on a whim because I only picked up six books and I figured I could spend a little more money. Um, I picked up the first two issues of Checkmate. As did I. Um, you did as well. I did also. All th- oh wow! It's a it's a trifecta. So Daryl. <laughs> this is now wait. This, this is now this is now number two in ifanboy.com users speak. Right. In that we all bought Fell and now we've all bought Checkmate. So um so. You guys, you know, if you speak up loud enough, we'll listen and we'll give it a shot and give you guys what we think of it. Also, um, if it's talked about enough by the author on a podcast and it's interesting, then we'll also right. Yeah, it. true. Yeah, that honestly, that's kind of what put me over the edge is listening to that Rucka Word Bloom podcast where he talked about it, and I was like, oh, actually, it does sound pretty interesting because all Daryl said was, or all Daryl said was, it's great, get it, and I had no context. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting comment because after reading the first two issues, I still have no context and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I I, under, I vaguely under I got like I got the gist of it that there's a there's some covert action team that is multinational. Oh my god, back. just named the Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. And and. I understand that, and I understand there's some political dealings as to whether they get, you know, the UN, you know, China's doing something shady, trying to shut them down. All this kind of, but like, why is Alan Scott not in his Green Lantern costume? Because he's in charge thing. of checkmate now. Did you read? But 52? he's in fifty two. No. and he's in his car. Yeah, fifty two is Green last year. Oh, right. I'm serious. I thought that was one of the things that really impressed me about it. Is that they oh, brought Alan Scott right. out, and then the, the point of fifty two is what explained in the year in between when all these number ones came out. You're right, you're right. And that's exactly what I'm stupid. It, it was and yeah. I really like that. I was like, that's nice continuity. Because you're like, yeah. why does he have an eye patch? Well we you just find that out. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, yeah, exactly. But Mr. Terrific gets to be in his costume. I noticed that. Yeah. I mean, he needs to lose that T. Yeah, the T's wrong. <laughs> is it is it paint or is it a mask? I think it's paint. I think I would go with paint. I don't know. But um I don't know. I, I, I like. I don't. I know nothing of DC, so I don't. I don't know what Checkmate was before this series, and I, th- I think it was around, it, like it was something with Max Lord, right? No. Come well, on. Checkmate was originally always been this this government sort of organ, you know, organization, and yeah. then Max Lord went when he went bad, he took it over. Okay. So that it, it wasn't always to do with Max Lord. It was all. It was right. No, but most recently, Max it had to, Max. Right. Lord he most recently he ran it. Um, yeah. While he was secretly evil. To me, the most right. confusing thing was keeping track of all the white kings, white queens, black queens, black kings, yes. bishops, Yes, and they kept on referring like, who who was whose bishop and who was whose knight. Yeah, and that all, was very yeah, confusing was just, to me. It, but it, it yeah. all, he actually, it was actually done really well, so I was kind of impressed by Rucka in that sense. I was like, okay, he's he's keeping them straight. I can. I was sort of starting to figure him out by the end. The well, they are straight. It's nice just hard to keep page. track of. It's hard, yeah. yeah. It's hard because yeah, because there are multiple knights and bishops, so I don't. It's hard. Yeah, when they say the black queen's it, white bishop. I'm like, wait, who? If is you haven't friend? read this, and I, I don't know how many people have, I don't know how it's selling or anything like that. But basically, the the spy organization is is uh, aligned in terms of a chessboard. So like the four leaders are the white king, the white queen, the black king, and the black queen, and then they have all and, their and the white the white side is the white side is like like is like administration, and the black side is operations. Right. So, which is and a good Alan idea. Scott is the White King, yeah. the original Green Lantern. Yeah, and I don't know who any of these other characters. Sasha are. Sasha Bordeaux from Detective Comics, remember? Oh, that's who she is. <laughs> yes. The one from Rucka's Click. The one the, from the, the Private yeah. Detective. Yes, the, the bodyguard, oh, Bruce Wayne's bodyguard. I knew, I knew that name. And then she's half metal now from the events in um, Infinite Crisis. Oh, see, that was the. That's why I needed you to fill in these things. I knew I knew that name. Yes, I see. Um, and then Amanda so... Waller used to run Suicide Squad. She's the White Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know who told. She's a fatty. I, <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take. <laughs> <laughs> and then Talib Benny Khalid. I don't know who he is. Um, 
And I kind of know who Mr. Terrific is. Mr. Terrific's now. from Justice Society with Alan Scott. And Fire. King Faraday, he's been around for a while. Fire's from the Justice League. Um, these other Vertigo, people. Werner Vertigo. Yeah, Count Vertigo, he was a yeah. villain. Yeah. Count Vertigo. And the other ones, I'm not sure who they are. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't matter Jonah McCarthy because he's dead. Who's Shen Li Po? He's Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and not to be trusted. Uh... But anyway, so it was. Um, I mean, it was. But all in all, it was. I mean, like I didn't like. It was. Both issues were about ten feet above my head the entire time. But other than that, it was good. Well, I th- I think I'll keep on buying it. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued enough to to keep up with it. I will so. say that there was a whole bunch of characters that I didn't really know, and it right. was still cohesive enough that I could follow it. And by the end of the yeah. second issue, I had a pretty good handle on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I kid, I kid about not getting it and like not knowing everything, but I mean, I, I got it and understood. And now I, I want to know what the Chinese are doing. I, I want to know what's going too. on. I want to know if they're going to get if the UN's going to vote again. Little, it's, little, it's, it's, little weak. Though, what's going to happen? <laughs> little weak though to make the enemy Cobra. I don't know. I mean, like everything they did that, I just heard you know the Cobra, Cobra Commander voice. Right. Cobra. Yeah, so. so on a side note, I also picked up the last four issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Because uh, I felt ashamed. They're really quite good. Yeah, they are. And I'm not a yeah. Straczynski fan anymore. So <laughs> neither neither am I. I mean, I, he he's done more bad than good on that book, but these ha- they have been pretty good. And I I, I hopefully thanking the, to the planning of Marvel with mm-hmm. the the Civil War event, you know, mm-hmm. and like making sure after the disastrous the other thing that they're trying to make sure all their eyes are dotted. And their of course, are dotted, so. uh, depending on what happens, the next issue will decide whether or not I continue to buy it. Right, whether he unmasks or not. Right, 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 yeah. right. So let's not get into that again. So I don't know. Cool. So um, last week, Josh, when you were um, in the desert, you told us you got your Watchmen omnibus in the mail, right? Stop calling it that. That's the Marvel name. Damn it. Why do I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Watchmen, absolute Watchmen. Only because I hate the fact that it's absolute, like it's playing off the vodka thing, which is just so lame. No, I don't think that's what it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's the same font. There's an E. Right, (laughs) because... Copyright, yeah, but it's the same font. I mean, I think that's that's what they're going after. I never know, thought but, um, that at all. It's only the same font for the Watchmen edition. I've got the Crisis edition. Oh. It's a different font, oh. and it's the same. Okay, basically, it's the same font as the Watchmen. No, the Watchmen's a, a stretch more stretch out. Font. Anyway, whatever. Okay. We're picking. But um, so we all have that. We all have that tome now. So it's, uh, it's uh, awesome. It's a beautiful. It is, <laughs> it is sweet. Um, so is the Crisis I, one, by the way. I like to smell. I'm it. I'm actually rereading <laughs> Crisis right now because of. Want to talk about that a little more? The smelling, because <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the nice that you know, like the crisply printed, the nice paper, no, it, and it was just nice. awesome. Yeah, um, so, anyway. uh, it's funny because I got that, and then I was like, maybe I'll just read Crisis again, which I don't understand at all. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many times you read it, you uh, just can't it's, make it's a little better it. this time than the last time. But it's just, it is a little mid eighties y and like it's cheesy. But um, yeah. I really like where comics have gone since then. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but the 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 Watchmen piece is. Uh, I was a little disappointed that most of the stuff in it seems to be from the the, the original trade. There's not well, really that's because to... Alan Moore well, is not Alan cooperating right. with them. But so Dave Gibbons might. Mm, I think loyalty to Alan Moore will say no to that. Probably, but the, I mean, I'm sure he's taking the, the checks for it. I haven't compared. I haven't compared the trade to the hardcover at all. Maybe you did, but I, I felt as if there was a little more. No, there was that more stuff gonna... in the end, but like this sort of there's like a letter from Alan Moore, and it's from 1988. And then, <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> no, and there's a letter from Dave Gibbons. Bollocks! Gibbons' letters from 1988. I thought maybe they could get something out of him. You there lousy is get... some nice sketches and some nice um... bollocks. <laughs> Sorry. 
Careful, I'm just doing angry. People are all fired up because of the World Cup now, and you could you don't want to get on the hey, bad and side. We're, and we're not fired up because of the World Cup. We're we're pretty fired. Hey, I've been up since nine o'clock this morning watching soccer all day. It's like, so football, football, right? I'm sorry. I'll call it soccer till the day I die. Um, and, and Connor slept it. And uh, I watched the one people. thing that I really liked when I was looking through it. I haven't read it, read through it again. Although I flipped through it and sort of looked at it and looked at my favorite pages and all that because it looks so nice. And my other book's yellowed. Like you can just. Yeah, no, my 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 copy of Watchmen is getting pretty rare. I am so always I'm... fascinated by having by reading a page of Alan Moore's script. Yeah, if you've never read, a, if you've never seen his script, oh. it's it's worth just looking at it in your comic store. Go to see if you can get a reading copy of Ultimate Watch. I mean, absolute, absolute ultimate, absolute ultimate, <laughs> ultimate Watchmen. <laughs> this does not bode well for DC's marketing. <laughs> see if you can get a, see if you can take a look at the copy of Absolute Watchmen. Look in the back. There's a whole section of his script. I think it's is it the first issue or just part of the first issue. I Regardless, it's it's a sight to behold. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, he. It's des- amazing. It's yeah. The description, like it, literally takes ten minutes long to read. Like one, one panel. Of his pan- yeah, it takes so long. And the funny thing is, you see where the artist has highlighted it. Like, all right, what do I actually have to draw? Right, it, because yeah. a lot of it are just sort of notes and little things to the artist. It's it's a little superfluous, but the thing is, the guy has such a way with words that it's it's just interesting to watch anyway. And he plans out everything. I mean, that's the that's got to be the reason why he's the best because he takes the time to do it. Because I've written comic scripts, and you know, I'm like, oh, they'll fill in those blanks. But he does not. He leaves nothing to chance. And not it's really good, by the way. Just on my own, that don't get published. <laughs> no um, artists. So I mean, if you if you can swing the the price tag, it's probably, I mean, and you're a comic fan and you don't own it, or even if you own the trade paperback, I mean, like it's in this beautiful slipcover. It's you know, like it's just it's it, this is like a this is a library piece. You know what I mean? Like this is one that should be. Speaking of libraries, actually, to my mom works for a library, and I sent her the. I'm like, you guys need to get this, and so they're getting it and putting it in the Northport Library. Very so. nice. I I think yeah. uh, I think the only other one that I'm I'm positive I'll get um, is going to have to be the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, screw that. I'm getting Batman Hush. <laughs> you really sold that. I'm the- I know. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was convincing, um, wasn't it? No. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm probably going to. Um, I'm going to get the... They're, they're doing a year one. Of which one? Maybe I'm wrong. They're not doing, a year, they're not doing a year which one. Is good no, no. King- no, I have that in hardcover. There's not already, enough material so. for that. Kingdom, right. Kingdom Come is... Kingdom Come. Yeah, uh, that and worth um, Batman Return- Dark Knight Returns. I'm definitely getting those two. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get the Dark Knight and Kingdom Come, and I might get Crisis. But you know what Marvel should do? Why isn't Marvel reprinting uh, Marvels in an omnibus? That's what version? I was thinking. They, need, they definitely yeah, that. yeah. Because my copy of Marvels is so ragged. It's like, oh gosh, yeah. I didn't even have that. But again, I didn't yeah. know who the reporter was. So there you go. Yeah, Phil Sheldon. <laughs> so <laughs> that was good. Anyways, so if you if you got the coin, you know, it's it's, it's all those all those. I mean, you won't regret making these purchases. It, basically, if there's beautiful. if there's only one hardcover, you're gonna ever go out and buy. <laughs> If you see one movie this year, <laughs> if you only see one play, make sure you see Cats. <laughs> You're like an old lady sometimes. Cats is awful. If you buy one comic book hardcover this year, buy Absolute Watchmen Omnibus. If you can't tell the difference from Ultimate Ron and me, edition. he's the one who's like an old lady. <laughs> I'm the slightly bitchy one. <laughs> Oh, good time. So, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we got we got some announcements to make, guys. Yes, we do. Josh, do you want to? All right. This is our big. Honest? This is our big deal. Um, <laughs> if Wonder you Woman were planning to. <laughs> oh, Dan Didio's going to be so upset with me. Um, uh, uh, we uh, we're we're going to be Josh in who? San Diego this year. <laughs> 
Um, he, he totally took the wind out of me. Uh, I'm sorry. We're okay, we're San Diego Comic Con this year, as we've done in the Woo! past. Um, uh, except this year, uh, we've got people listening. So here's what you can, <laughs> here's what you can plan on. Uh, if you've ever been to the site in the past, either of you, and uh, seen our, our previous coverage, we would go out and we'd take a lot of pictures and we'd we'd write stuff about them and then do write ups of what happened every single day that we saw. Um, this year, we're going to keep doing that. We'll have a team of people with cameras out there. Um, and, and we're also going to do write-ups every night about the kind of stuff that we saw. But we're also going to be doing a podcast from San Diego every night that you will be able to download uh, as soon as we get it up, so at least by the next morning. We don't know what we're thinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, go- we're going to pre- we preface it up front is that it's probably going to be like 11 o'clock in our hotel room, and we're either going to be ex- exhausted and pooped, or we're going to be hyper and bouncing off the walls. Either way, you win. Yeah, I think so. so- <laughs> well, unless it's like this. What happened? I don't know. I was in uh, line for Rob Liefeld for a long time. I don't know why. My feet Pat- hurt. <laughs> Patrick- Patrick's going to wait for Rob Liefeld for three hours again and not get a sketch. <laughs> Don't wait for my line for Rob Liefeld. It's it's anyway. it's not worth it. Uh, so so we're so we're gonna be writing we're gonna be writing and posting coverage throughout the day at the con. We're gonna be doing a nightly podcast, and we'll be wandering um, the floor. So if you happen to be there and you want to say hi to us, make us feel important. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to, to those of you who aren't going to be there, um, look out on the site. We're going to be post. We're going to be putting up some preview content um, as we get closer to it to kind of build, you know, to kind of build up the excitement. Um, and Ooh. if there's anything, if there's anything, you know, you want us to check out or whatever, just let us know. Um, and those of you who will be in San Diego, definitely, you know, if you see us, you know, say hi, please. So. Um, and and then and then, it, but wait, there's more. There, there's more, Josh. There is more. We uh, we've arranged. Uh, to uh, set up uh, a panel of, of podcasters. Uh, with the help of um, Scott from Fanboy Radio and Brian from Comic Geek Speak, we are going to be doing a panel on Sunday morning, 11.30 until 1 o'clock. we got an hour and a half. And there's going to be a lot of uh, other podcasters there. Um, you can come and see these people who you hear talk. Um, and and it'll, it'll be a wrangling fight to see who can get the most words out because everybody there does love to talk. Um, and it's going to be interesting because this this will I mean as far as I know this will be the first ever panel about podcasting mm-hmm. at San Diego. Yes. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cool thing. It's a cool thing that we're involved and it's a cool thing that some of the other podcasts that we listen to and that you all listen to are going to be there. So we're we're all, we're very excited for this. So. Yeah, very much so. Um, it, but that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, if you can stick around for Sunday morning, we'd love to see people there. Um, we'll have stickers. So what else could you want, right? <laughs> we'll give you a sticker. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so we're very excited for San Diego. I know, so. Connor, you're looking forward to it, right? Do I have to get up for the panel? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Literally, 11.30 yeah. for him is like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Even though that's that's 2.30 his time. Right. <laughs> right, even though. But, um, yeah, it should be a good time, so we're, we're I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's basically my vacation. And if you year, can't so. make San Diego, our coverage is the next best thing to go in. If you, if you <laughs> visit one convention this year... <laughs> Or if you don't go to one convention this year, don't go to San Diego. Read about it on iFanboy.com. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so it should be a good time. So hopefully, and we're, you know, basically we're doing this all for you people. So we hope you appreciate it. So. Yeah, we're going on vacation and staying in a hotel in San Diego and wandering the For and you. For and you. talking about comics for four days. There's nothing, there's nothing self-serving in that at all. And stalking Lou Ferrigno. Oh, man. We're going to stalk Paul Dini. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't say it out loud. Don't ruin the surprise. No, I want him to yeah. know we're coming so that he sees us. Paul Dini, we're finding you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do an interview with him. 
I think that's clear. Yeah, he rules. All right. He rules. So, anyway. So, yeah, so San Diego, so that's our official announcement. We teased it a couple of weeks ago, but we are going. We're booked. We're going to be there. And we'll be on a and, panel Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday morning we'll be on the panel. Legitimate. Our- you hear that? We'll have badges on that say press, and we've had it in the past. Yeah. But this time, yeah. this time we mean it. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and for those of you who can't be in San Diego, hopefully f- through us you'll be able to experience it you know, and, and and get the news as it happens. So We're going to report anyway. on the news? Yeah, well, you know. Some. What else is there to do? The panels. Okay. So, so that that's big announcement number one. We also have another big announcement. Yeah, so our second big announcement has to do with the fact that if you go to ifanboy.com uh, starting today and look under the on the homepage under the pick of the week, you'll see a banner um, entitled Subscriptions and Donations. Uh, basically, we've been doing this site uh, for over five years now, and we start started doing the podcast about over, what, it's been eight months now, guys? Yes, eight months. Yeah, Good Lord. Yeah, geez. So, um... And we love doing it, and we love providing a free place for you guys to talk about comics and a free place for us to post our content and for us to have this great, wonderful comics party. And we never, ever want to charge you, charge you for it. But our costs have gone up a little over the past year doing the podcast as we're looking for ways to grow and to give you more ways to you know, enjoy comics and talk about comics. We're trying to you know, get, make it more interactive, come up with some other... We've got some good ideas that hopefully over the next year you guys will benefit from. Um, so we set, we want to set up a little area where, if you feel so inclined, if you like what you hear, if you like what you read, and you just wanted to drop a couple bucks our way, we wanted to give you an opportunity to do that. <laughs> um, we're not going to say how no, kind you know? of us. Yeah, exactly. Think of it. Think of it like when you go to a museum and there's a recommended donation. Like you don't have to put the donation in, but if you wanted to, you could. Um, so if you click on that banner, or if you go to ifanboy.com/donation, there are four options for you. Um, uh, the first one is a kind of a subscription. Um, so if you wanted to sign up and uh, pay us three bucks a month um, for your enjoyment of the site and the podcast, go right ahead. That's pen- that's less than a dollar a podcast episode, actually. Um, or a t- for twenty dollars one one time payment yearly subscription. So each year we just charge you again twenty bucks. Um, or if you don't want an ongoing subscription, you can donate. Um, our recommended one time donation is one dollar, less than a comic book. It's how, how much a comic book costs? Less years than ago. a comic book costs 15 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> um, or if you feel more generous or less generous than a dollar, you can just donate whatever you feel like. Um, we, we partnered with PayPal, so it's all legit. It's all above board. You don't need to have a PayPal account. You can use your credit card or debit card or send an e-check. We are not um, a terrorist organization that you will find yes, out about not, later. You're not funding terrorism. <laughs> um, basically, you know, basically bandwidth. Ban- unfortunately, you know, like we, we're, we've been lucky enough over the past five years where we had a great situation with the website where it doesn't cost us that much to host it. Um, but the podcast bandwidth is expensive, and the more people that download it, the, the bigger the bills get. And it's not, you know, like it's not killing us. But at the same time, um, it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to cover cover our costs so that we can focus on doing, you know, new, even new and better stuff. For and you. it's important to note that the the donations won't go to beers and strippers. Exactly. It, every, we have a lot of good ideas. We spend wait, a lot wait, of time wait. Brains, what? what if we're in San Diego? Does that count as a business trip? That's a gray area, which we'll <laughs> <laughs> we will explore no. that next month. But but we yeah we feel you know there's the San Diego trip is a, is a great example. I mean like we're you know that's a, that's my vacation, so I'm paying it out of my pocket. I'm expecting anything like that. But there might be some things that come out of San Diego that you guys will really enjoy in terms of our coverage of it, and your money could help us do things like that down the road. So Yeah, we, we do have a lot of good ideas. We, we, we have a lot of ways we want to take the website and podcast in new directions, and yeah. fortunately some of, those, some of those ideas require buying equipment or buying 
um, man hours or things, just things we need to have expenses. <laughs> We're hiring laborers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all above board and illegal laborers, by the way. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, and again, keep in mind, we all have day jobs. We're not looking to make iFanboy like pay our rent or anything like that. We just, you know, we just want to give you guys what you want. So, so. Um, but don't look at the site and go there and see that thing that says donations and think, oh, great, now they're going to start charging and take off. Yeah, we're we're never not. That's not it right. at all. Exactly. I mean, if if anything, it just every, like Connor said, every penny is going right back into the site. So we're um, NPR. Exactly. It's kind of like NPR. Exactly. So. Um, it's yeah, also so, the Amazon. Yeah, as well. Also, you might notice that um, oh, yeah. that for a couple of months we had some rotating banners with some different products, the William Shatner DVD Club and stuff like that, which um, nobody seemed to subscribe to. Come on, we we um, <laughs> we took those banners down. You might have noticed recently because um, basically they weren't. I don't. You know, the whole point is that like I'm generally against web advertising. You know, like it's a huge kind of thing, but like having banners all over sites and like it just—it's not not for me. Flashing but, and blinking at you and stuff like right, that. But unfortunately, it is a way for people who run the sites to cover their their hosting and bandwidth char- charges. So, um, so we tried the, those those uh, those different kind of banners that you guys saw—the Star Wars shop and stuff like that. Really didn't, you know, like I could look in the reports. Not a whole lot of you were clicking on it, so I'm guessing you weren't interested in it. So we took them down. Um, so we partnered also with Amazon.com now, and we're trying to um, Amazon. We talked to Amazon, and we're trying to get them to serve um, comic book or graphic novel specific banners. And so hopefully you'll notice that the that, that the few banners that do appear on the site are things that you might want to buy. Um, so if you're interested in that, click on one of the banners. Make your purchase. We we use Amazon all the time. We're Amazon Prime members, and we love it. Um, also, if you just if you're interested in buying something through Amazon, and it's not necessarily what's in the banner, just click on the banner anyway before you go to Amazon, because then we get credit for it. So, <laughs> so yeah, help if us out. You were gonna buy it anyway. Exactly. We're just saying, we- just click click there yeah. through us. I mean, chances are you're on the site anyway. And exactly. people people who've been around a while know we we are Amazon junkies anyway. So this is something we've. It worked well for us, for you, for everybody. We we use it anyway. We'd use it regardless. Uh, we, we rec- we've recommended using it regard- before we even started the partnerships. So it's it's just a good yeah. it's a good service, and you get a lot of discount stuff. Basically, everybody wins, yeah. and you're gonna, you're going to notice over the next couple of weeks and months as as when we talk about something, um, you might notice on the site that we'll throw up an Amazon um, link to go purchase it. Similar to I, we started posting the soundtrack from the podcast with the um, the music that's been used in the intro. Which we had done anyway, just in a link form. We've yeah, exactly. Always, so. The point is we've always been linking to Amazon since the beginning. It's just that now... They were making all the money. Exactly. So now we're kind of spread a, spread a little bit of the wealth. So uh, We've anyway, talked about um, this long enough. So yeah, enough of the business. So so um, if you're so inclined and generous enough to donate to us, we'd really appreciate it. If you use Amazon, click on the banners. Hopefully you know you can find some, some cool stuff that you're interested in. And, we'll con- and regardless of whether you donate or not, we're going to continue doing the site. So and the podcast, and basically, we—I mean, yeah. like our promise to you on the other side of all this is that we're going to keep all this up, and more so as time goes on. Exactly, we're trying—we're trying to grow for you guys because you guys have shown us that you're interested in what we're doing. So, awesome. speaking speaking of our users telling us that they're interested in what we're doing, um, the Frapper map seems to have exploded this week. The slow push to 200 is now a fast push to 200. Yeah, we're we're striking distance. We had uh, 12 or 13 people put it in. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they put it in all right. 
<laughs> Put a pin in the. We have so low brow. Where's my dump button? That's terrible. Oh God. This is this is what ha- this is what happens when watching six hours of soccer in one day. <laughs> uh, put a pin in the map since last show. Um, some yeah. notables, including James Smee, who runs a really great comic store in San Francisco called Isotope Comics. You can go to isotopecomics.com. Yes, James. Thank you for um, saying hello via the Frapper map. There's also um, Joshua it. in California and Wendell in our first Hawaii pin, I believe. There, there was one uh, pin that got me a little scared. Well, we also had a whole bunch in New York, the New York City area. Um, I feel, I feel as if an entire mafia crew discovered the <laughs> podcast because <laughs> it was like New York, New York, Staten Island, Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> but the one that scared Ron the most is Fizzarani. Uh, Fizzarani, who demands recognition, mentioned my frappage. So Fizzarani, we've mentioned you. Don't Just back Ron. off, please. Yeah, please don't break my legs. <laughs> So, so you've managed and, um, to stereotype the Italians. That's good. Ron is, <laughs> right, Ron Ta- is an Italian, Italian from Long Island, so it's okay. So I'm allowed to. Um, we should also mention Joshua from National City, California, who um, who says that, Connor, you're hot too. Don't worry. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> that, wait, something, me? something about guys telling guys that they're hot that's a little weird. But I don't know. Okay, okay again, let's stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's not so, weird. <laughs> anyway, it was a fun... Um, Fun week for the Frapper map, so. Yeah, hundred. We're at 180 now, so a nice round number. We like to get another 20 pins. Yep. Before we start bitching about getting a 300. This exactly. is never. It's a never-ending bitch fest, basically. Bitch, exactly. bitch, 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 bitch. <laughs> nitpick, nitpick, nitpick. Um. <laughs> I think that about wraps the show up this week. I agree. <laughs> so don't forget to go to ifanboy.com for the most in-depth comic book discussion and all the up to up to the minute news and stuff we put up on the website every day. Um. We're not really news-based, but we're more discussion-based, but we still put as much as we can up there. I like to think about culture-based. Yeah, we're more comic culture-based than anything. If you want, There's a lot of places you can go for the latest uh, person who's signed an exclusive contract, but we talk about a lot of different issues, so iFanboy, so it's a good place to go. You can also email us at contact at iFanboy.com with any questions or comments or mail. We didn't really get any good mail this week, so we didn't do a listener mail segment. But uh, So send us some stuff. Whatever. Send us some good yeah, discussion. send us some mail. Yeah. We got mail. Just It was just nothing really... Discussion worthy, um, which isn't. We we email back to people who wrote us. It's not like we're bashing them, but um, <laughs> we're, we're hole diggers today. Yeah, this yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's the end. Let's finish strong. So, uh, so that's about it. That's this really sweet show. Don't for, uh, don't forget to go to the Frapper map though. Frapper.com/slash/ifanboy. Or you can go to the ifanboy.com. There's a link to the Frapper map in the upper right hand corner. You can click there and go put your pen in the map. Yep, exactly. So. And starting today, if you feel like sending us a donation, you can go to the ma- the main page at iFanboy, and there's a, there's a link to that, or you can go to iFanboy.com slash donations, and you can help us out. Your donations keep us rolling. And that's oh, it for Jesus. this show. And thank you. I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Ron. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. What would you give someone who wasn't very happy? What would you give them? Uh, they're not. They're low. Okay. So what would you give them? I mean, if you, if, yeah, depends, isn't it? If it's someone who's just lost their arms and legs in an accident, you don't give them a lollipop. Sure. Or some mittens. You, <laughs> you give them a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and dare I say it, a smile. <laughs> a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs>